Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Charge Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Jake Sievers. This is your one-stop shop for all things Hillsdale College Sports. Today we are joined in the studio by senior guard Dylan Lowry. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Um, we're going to get right to it. Um, obviously the big news from the week, Davis Larson tearing his ACL. Um, want to ask you first, what was your reaction to the news and, uh, and, and how, how are the guys handling it? Yeah, I mean, it's just gut wrenching. Uh, we found out actually at our shoot around, uh, about three, four hours for our game. Uh, it's just never anything you want to hear. Um, it's a just tremendous loss. You know, he puts so much effort into, into the weight room, into everything in the preseason. He really just gives us whole, <laughs> everything he has to the team and to get news like that. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Um, the the best thing we did was just to uh you know the next man up mentality and uh we did a great job of it this whole week but um we're obviously just hoping for a speedy recovery for him absolutely i mean you never want to see anything like that but going back to saturday against kentucky wesleyan um tough tough team to play on the road especially um you know the history they've had uh with national championships and whatnot you guys lose at the buzzer there the way you guys were able to respond against two teams that you guys had lost to the first time around, I mean, what was kind of the mentality you guys had coming into the week? Obviously, you had the news about Davis. You knew you weren't going to have him this week, regardless of before you heard the news that he tore his ACL. What was your guys' mentality the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday going into the week? Yeah, I mean, uh, just heartbreaking loss last Saturday. Uh, um, one that was really tough to swallow. Um, and the, the hardest thing was, going in getting into practice on Monday realizing you know we're not going to have our starting uh returning first team all-conference guy <laughs> uh, but what our mindset was is look uh we have a lot of things that we can feel sorry about but nobody else really feels sorry for us so uh the best thing for us to do is to just absolutely give everything we have and we got we had two teams coming in who we had a chance to get some revenge at um so our mindset was to just get revenge and uh you know like I said earlier that next man up mentality was was kind of the mindset all week. Talking to Dylan Lowry here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Dylan, Thursday against Walsh, um, obviously top dog in the conference. You guys were kind of amped up for that game. They did some weird things, I thought, um, matchup-wise. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They had a lot of small guys guarding your guys' bigs. How did you guys exploit that offensively and even defensively to put you guys in the position to win that ball game. Yeah, so they are actually another team that's been plagued by a little bit of injuries, so they've had to get real creative with their lineups. But um, our program's built on, you know, going inside. Uh, we got two just tremendous bigs in our starting lineup, and the key for us was uh, was just keeping the floor space because when you got two guys so talented down low, um, you want to give them room to work. Uh, and we did a great job putting them in positions to score, um, just getting easy buckets all night long. So worked out for us also on Thursday there was a little bit uh of a difference in the the media section you had a different uh PA announcer I hopped on the mic for the PA and you said before but I just want to um (laughs) sort of hash it out further what was your mindset when you didn't see Josh on the sideline and you saw mine mean mug instead yeah there was uh I mean there was some skepticism going around when we uh we didn't see our normal guy up there but uh, our man Jake came in and did a great job, so we were proud of that effort for sure. Well, I'm going to be on the mic again this Thursday. Will that change your mindset going into it that, no. y- that you know beforehand? <laughs> well, I think we're what? I mean, you've done it. This isn't the first time, is it? This past time was my second, yeah, so I, I did it once last year. Right? Oh, you did it once last year. Uh, you had This will be my second, or this will be my 
fourth time total, third time this year. You guys haven't lost with me on the mic. So, listen, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, am I a good luck charm for the hoops? I think that's what it is. I mean, that's the only logical explanation, so let's keep the undefeated train rolling. All right, that sounds good <laughs> to me. So this Thursday, looking ahead to Cedarville, mm-hmm. out-of-conference game, correct? No, no, they're in conference. They're in conference? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, have you played them yet? We have not. What's up with that? Why haven't you played him so Our late schedule, in the season? The GMAC has got it all. I mean, it's all out of whack this year. You know, we played Malone twice in a row. Uh, we played Finley at the beginning of the year. We don't play him again until the last game of the season. We haven't played Cedarville yet. so And you only play him once yeah, this year. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure what's going Well, we lost. Let's see. Davis and Elkins left the conference, so uh, they got the schedule. It's all out of whack, but. Yeah, this is the first time we're playing them. Okay, so. regardless, what are you looking at? What are what are keys to this matchup against Cedarville? Because we're getting down to the nitty-gritty as far as the GMAC is concerned, and everyone knows how important that, that uh, one seed, that conference championship is, and you're right in the thick of things. So what are you looking ahead uh, against Cedarville? Yeah, so they're a very talented team. They, uh, they're coming off a of- they had an incredible win on Saturday in overtime. Uh, went down, went up to uh, Lake Erie and got a win, which is always a tough place to play in. Um, they've had some big wins this year. They had a couple really good out-of-conference wins. They got uh, just some really talented guys on the offensive end. Um, so for us, it's going to be step number one. It's going to be locking down some of their their main guys. Talking to Dylan Lowry here on Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Dylan, um, you talked about your two bigs. Uh, I'll start with Patrick. Um, kid's a freak. He's shooting 64% from the field. What makes Pat so efficient and so deadly? Yeah, um, I think we, for people outside the team, they don't really they don't realize we kind of saw this coming in a way just from, uh, you know, going against him every single day in practice. Last year, it's a red shirt. He was on the scout team. Um, it's I think it's really a testament to the hard work he puts in um, every single day, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the gym, whether it's getting shots up at your practice. Um, he's just got tremendous touch around the rim, and he can actually space the floor for us, which is just huge. Um, he's playing with incredible confidence, and uh, he's just a very, very special talent for yeah. us. Doesn't look like he's a freshman no, at all. Not. He uh, the the three pointers that he's been more comfortable hitting has really opened up your motion offense. Yeah. I mean, the ability to have him because I mean, everyone is defending it on the inside, they know mm-hmm. what he can do down there. But when he's just catching, shooting from the three point line, he's almost unstoppable yeah, right the uh and i found out a couple of days ago that he only shot two three-pointers his entire high school career which is mine just baffled all of us wow he's got a tremendous looking jump shot and when he's making shots it just makes it opens up the whole floor makes everything easier for us so another guy making shots austin yarian yep. i mean five on saturday against yep. odu i mean come on i mean earlier in the season he was struggling kind of in a little bit of a slump um, I think he was still figuring out his role with, with Pat playing down low, mainly there. But he has found a great role um, as that second big, feeding the high lows, as well as hitting the threes. I yeah. mean, his shooting over the past few weeks has been incredible. Talk about what Yars has meant to this team over the past few weeks. Yeah, well, he's we kind of joke about him being a point guard because he's such a tremendous passer. Um, when he's got the ball on the block, he's so capable of finding people all around the perimeter at the rim. And he shoots the ball with just incredible confidence. He's kind of the... Uh, the uh, he's just got a mentality where the next one's always going to go in. He's not affected by missed shots, and uh, he's really been shooting at a high level, which has been huge for us. Mike Travelos, um, obviously getting some more PT after the injury to Davis Larson. Huge second half against Walsh. Had another big three on Saturday against yep. ODU. Talk about what Mike has done uh, the past past couple of games to really step up. You know, he's a senior like you are. Yep. 
um, as that next man mentality has really meant a lot to him. Yeah, he's a, I mean, a fifth year guy. He's been around the program for so long. Um, extremely hard worker and just an incredible shooter, really an incredible scorer. Um, and he does a lot of things for us on the defensive end. He's actually a better athlete than a lot of people realize. And uh, he's made some huge shots for us. He, I know he did it in high school. And so we're just hoping to keep that going. Let's just keep going down the line of your teammates because it seems like you guys, your depth is just unparalleled. Yeah. You've got guys up and down the bench that can make plays at any time. So there are two guys that have really stuck out to me as of late, and that's Cole Now. Mm -hmm. He was unreal yeah. on Saturday. And uh, Tavon Brown, he's been an absolute beast off the bench this entire year. So what yeah. have those guys uh, been doing to be so successful? Yeah, one thing we talk about a lot is our team is just always the best when we have multiple guys scoring in W figures. Um, Tavon's had some huge games, whether it's um, often, I mean, he rebounds the heck out of the ball. Um, Cole just hit some huge shots for us, and he's a really good on-ball defender. Um, those guys have just been massive for us because we, you know, losing Davis, we need stuff like that coming off the bench, and they've just been great for us. Talking with Dylan Lowry here on Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Uh, this is a thing. It's not really related to anything, but it's always baffled me. Uh, how much does like running back and forth, how much, how horrible is that for you? <laughs> I tell you what, it's the, it's, it's the worst at the beginning of the game when you don't catch your, your first win. Um, and there's no whistle for, for five, six, seven, eight possessions. It really starts to drag. Um, and you look around and you can just see it. The only thing that makes it easier is when you look at the other team and realize how tired mm -hmm. everyone on the floor is, um, it's it's really it's only an issue at that at the at the start of the game. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter how much water I drink. It doesn't matter how good I feel right before the game. Those first few possessions are just it takes the wind out of you immediately. If there's no if uh, if you're looking for the 16 uh, media timeout yeah. and it yeah. goes down to like the 14:30 or something. Brutal, absolutely. Brutal. How much do you guys condition in the off season to uh, to be the most conditioned team on the court? Um, an incredible amount um, because <laughs> especially when you get into you know the January and now February of the season you're not doing as much up and down outside of games so we really train as hard as as possible um, in the preseason whether it's running on the, running on the football field doing whatever uh, five six times a week so um, so one, one player we didn't talk about but it kind of directly relates relates to you know your load and what you've been able to do in the backcourt this season Connor Hill, um, the improvement that we've seen from him since a, being a freshman, redshirting um, to this point, I mean, really taking over the offense for yep. you guys running the show so you can play more of an off-guard position. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the growth of Connor Hill and what you've seen. and How has that made it things easier to open up for you and your game? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, so I've been playing the point guard most of my career, and um, starting at the two-guard with another point guard is just – it makes life a lot easier. It makes us incredibly hard to press. Um, and Connor is just such a uh, – He's such a confident kid. He's shooting the ball great. Uh, he's a great defender. Uh, he's not scared of anybody. He's not going to back down from any fight. So he's been just absolutely crucial for us this year. Do you think uh, he has a little little man syndrome? Or do you think is that where that confidence comes yeah, from? Yeah, well, we, we always joke about how they announce him at six foot and we're not buying it for a second. So. <laughs> I think he's listed at I think he's listed at six foot one on the uh, the the roster. Yeah. So yeah. not what what no. what do you think he actually? We, is? we tell him he's five nine. He's he's adamant oh. that he's six foot, but I mean we're not buying it for a second. Uh, let me go to Saturday for a second uh, because I always call you the wizard. Uh, you were driving. You you kind of I forget you stole the ball or, or got it back somehow. Caught it in the air and and knew 
that you brought Pat's defender and just did a nice little behind the back. Pat got fouled. Um, do you always just try to make the fanciest pass you can no matter what, or is this something that's natural to you? It's really not something I'm specifically looking to do. Um, I have I like to consider myself a very good passer, um, uh, and so whenever I get an opportunity to do something like that, uh, honestly, it seemed to me like the most effective way to get on the ball Absolutely. in that situation. So, yeah. Not, not only passing, but you also just have like an innate knack to no matter how many people are guarding you, you can get through anyone. How have you been able to develop that skill? Do you model your skills against uh, someone that you look up to? Or how have you? Uh, how has that come about? Well, I think being really skinny is a big part of that. <laughs> I'm able to shift my way through small gaps. But uh, I'd, I'd say as far as just one player who I'd model after would be Pistol Pete. Uh, Pete Maravich, the uh, one of the legends, uh, just the way he played the game was just so incredibly fun to watch. Um, obviously, I wasn't alive for it, but um, just looking back on it, that's probably the guy. And just how I mean, I'm not as flashy, definitely not as good of a passer, shooter, or anything, but that it would probably be the player that I, I model after as much as possible. You're listening to Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're sitting down with Dylan Lowry of the Hillsdale men's basketball team. So, Pistol Pete, do you do any of the dribbling drills that that he that you see in videos done by him? Yeah, not to the extent. Um, I think one thing for me growing up was always the two-ball dribbling, which I am adamant that is part of the reason I'm as good of a ball handler as I am. Um, and I worked incredibly hard at it at my high school um, even before that. So um, just all kinds of the – anything with two balls, it just – it's so important to be able to dribble with both hands. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's one thing that I really um, think helped me get to where I'm at. at. Was there a moment when you realized, like, wait, I'm I'm really good at basketball. I want to keep playing this. What was that moment for you? Yeah, well, uh, so growing up, it was funny because my older brother, uh, my parents, we never thought he was actually – they never thought he was actually going to be good at basketball. And I was kind of always the, the star at a young age. Um, I played on a very successful AAU basketball team back when I was about – eight years old um actually won two national championships oh my gosh back in uh 05 and 06 hey. um so uh, i played other sports growing up but by the time i was about seventh grade Wait, it was just who was the biggest name on that national championship team um luke Kennard, who's okay now, oh okay. my dude that's sick. The detroit pistons yeah so uh it was it was me it was luke Kennard, it was uh dj hogue who went to texas a&m and it was nate fowler who ended up playing a butler and i believe both Two of those guys are still playing overseas, and then Luke's obviously in the NBA. So we had a nice little squad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Stedman, all-time Hillsdale player. What impact did he have on your decision to come to Hillsdale? No, uh, it made it incredibly easy. Um, so let's see. He got here. He was two years ahead of me. So starting about starting my junior year of high school when he got here uh, is when Hillsdale really started recruiting me and. Uh, I got I got a chance to come up and visit all the time, meet a lot of the guys. So, honestly, before I even committed, it felt like I was already a part of the team. And, it, I mean, can't really pass them on a chance to play college basketball with your brother. So, yeah. it made my decision very easy. And it uh, made it a lot easier on my parents, too. So, they didn't have to travel all over the place. Do you have any special moments that you can remember when both of you guys were on the same court and it just was like, wow, we've got this Lowry sink that we, yeah. can, do, we can do whatever? Uh, it was probably – it was a home game against Tiffin. Uh, his junior year, my redshirt freshman year, I believe, um, where I had just maybe two or three passes to him in a row that led to threes. Um, it, we had a great crowd there. Uh, that's the first one to come to mind. But there was just so many. I mean, he gave me so many assists over my high school career and my college career. So 
Were you up as a freshman at Lakota? Uh, yes. Okay, so you guys got two years in high school. Yeah, too. he uh, he ended up tearing his ACL six games into the season my junior or my freshman year of high school, his junior year. So we didn't get to play much then, but then the whole senior year, yeah. Was that just? I mean, you guys obviously that's a powerhouse high school in Ohio, but yeah. Were you guys just balling in high school? Or were you guys just like toying with kids or how? Did yeah, it well, he was a beast. We had a really good team his senior year. My uh, my freshman year, well, he tore his ACL. We were hit with some pretty bad injuries. We weren't great. Uh, my sophomore year. Uh, well, he was, like I said, a monster his senior year, so we had just a lot of great moments um, my sophomore year before we ended up moving on to here. Do you watch much of the NBA today? Uh, yes, I've actually been watching probably more than usual this season. Because Is that because of college basketball at the D1 level not being as dominant, I guess, so to say? I think that's part of it, um, and there's so many just incredibly fun players to watch in the NBA. Uh, it, it was hard at the beginning of the year without Steph, obviously getting hurt, no KD, um, but Damian Lillard um, has On just been fire. an absolute special talent to watch. So uh, he's he, And obviously the death of Kobe a couple weeks ago uh, really honestly got me back in the NBA a lot, so I've been watching it a lot more. Luka Doncic, yep. another great player. Yep. Who's, yep. who's your favorite to watch? Is it probably it, D. It's Lillard? Da- it's probably Lillard right now, yeah. Um, he got hurt. He's not going to play tonight in the All-Star game, but uh, – He's just been on an absolute tear, one we haven't seen in a long time. So did you watch the dunk contest or no? I did not. I saw all the highlights. Did so. you think uh think the right guy won? Uh yeah. I mean, it's tough. You're always gonna have people complaining about it. Uh they both probably deserved it, but uh you know, who am I to say? 'Cause I'm never I'm not a big dunker myself, so <laughs> who is your rookie of the year? Uh, I'm rooting for Zion. I think he's got a chance to come back. Uh, but obviously right now it's a job. job right? Yeah. Gotcha. Is there, is there a guy in the NBA right now that you sort of try to mirror or is it still pistol Pete? Mm, probably not one specific player in the NBA. My favorite player of all time was probably Steve Nash. Mm. Um, that was the main guy that I used to look up to growing up. Um, but as far as now, I'm just really more of a fan rather than just trying to mirror after one player. I'm a huge Steve Nash fan as well, but I cannot believe the MVPs he stole right from – like they were showing Kobe's numbers I'm like of those MVP caliber seasons. I'm like how did he not win? Like you can't even – I can't even comprehend that Steve Nash won it just because he had 15 assists in the season. Yeah, I mean not to mention – they the the Mavs should have had Steve Nash and Dirk for their entire careers. Yeah. Mark Mark Cuban fumbled a massive bag. <laughs> they would have won championship after championship. But regardless, I mean Steve Nash is the guy. Uh, you're listening to Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Sitting down with Dylan Lowry talking some Charger hoops. Uh, looking ahead, I know that we're not trying to get of our ahead of ourselves too much because we're focused on conference. Yep. Um, but it seems like. This team, there's something special. And you, when you guys are confident and when you're stroking it and when you're playing defense, slapping the floor, getting after it, helping your guys out, it seems like you can sort of go as far as you want to. What Have we seen the peak of this team? And if not, what would that look like? Yeah, we certainly hope not. Um, we, we always like to talk about we hope we're playing our best basketball in February and into March. Um, but... Uh, we're trying to just take it one day at a time right now and do everything we possibly can to get ready for Cedarville. Uh, we want to just keep these two big wins we had this week and just kind of keep the train rolling in the right direction. Well, I have no doubt that you guys can do that, especially because I'll be on the mic on Thursday. Uh, Marty, any last questions for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, know, you guys at this point kind of control your own destiny. Um, 
everybody's going to circle that big game on the road against Finley. Uh, but you guys definitely have an opportunity to host some some conference tournament games. Uh, what would that mean for you guys just to be able to be home for those things? And even a chance to host the whole tournament would be awesome for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's something that would – I mean, it's kind of a dream. It would be incredible to be able to do something like that. Um, but like I said, uh, the the worst thing we can do is look ahead oh, to that look. Finley game. Um, we got Cedarville Thursday, and we got a talented Tiffin team on Saturday. Uh, anybody can beat anybody in this league, and we've seen that this year. So uh, we're just taking it one day, one game at a time. So One last question for you. Um, Coach John Roundy Tharp, what have you seen from him this season? Has he been able to? Has he has he kept his cool? Yeah, this I season? mean, yeah, he. Uh, well, he got the technical on yeah. Thursday, <laughs> um, but that was better than uh, a couple years ago when we had Walsh at home. He ended up getting ejected. Do you um, remember that? Was there for that? He was handing me yeah, a play handing card. You notes. Yep, yep, to go take him down to uh, to to Pritzel or whatever. So yeah, he. Uh, it's funny. He's got. He knows most of the referees we end up having. Um, so he kind of gets away with saying a lot of stuff. Dude, but. he is. <laughs> more than anyone has the biggest leash in the world yeah. because I swear he is out halfway oh, yeah. to midcourt yeah. every single play. Yeah. Like sometimes I swear he like players run into him while, while the game's going on and somehow he just avoids it. Yeah, it's funny he got the tech on Thursday cuz that's probably like not even close to the worst we've seen him this year, so <laughs> it's been awesome. Well, yeah. Dylan, uh we want to thank you so much for joining us. Wait. We're not done. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we do this every episode and it's just a fun little game to to end it on a high note. And it's really simple, self-explanatory. It's called fake laugh until you real laugh. Okay? Yep. Do you understand the concept? I understand. All right. So we're going to start fake laughing on the count of three. Ready, Marty? Yep. Dylan? One, two, three. There we go. All right, Dylan Lowry, we've got three more games in the regular season. Let's get 3-0 and for the Chargers. Good luck in the rest yes, of the year. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for listening to Charger Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Jake Sievers. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.